Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to this edition of Grace and Peace, Heart to Heart. I'm Zenobia, and I'd like to start out by reading an an inset that's on page 36 of our book, Aging with Grace, Flourishing in an Anti-Aging Culture. And this inset says, our bodies change as we age. So do our spirits. We must guard against our hearts becoming brittle and bitter by praying for grace to abide in Christ and bear the fruit of steadfast love and faithfulness to others, even when it is costly. And folks, I know I said we were going to pick up with the topic that Betters and Hunt have offered on gladness, and we will. But I want to deviate for just a moment, and it's not an actual deviation, but considering what's going on in Europe, specifically in Ukraine and its neighbors, but particularly Ukraine. I'd like to pause and offer just some reflections that may lead into a bit of prayer on behalf of our fellow sisters and their loved ones in Ukraine as well as in Russia and all around the country In fact, all around the world, people have loved ones that they're concerned about who may still be landlocked in Ukraine. And, of course, many of the Russians, they don't want this travesty that's happening to to be happening, but their hands are tied, too. And so when I look at and when I read this inset on growing in grace, it jumps out to me the fact that we must constantly be in prayer so that our own hearts don't become brittle and bitter. You know, we might be asking ourselves, well, Why would a gracious God allow this to go on? I can't answer that. All I know and all I believe and trust is the fact that God knows best. And I know people don't want to hear that. I don't even want to say that in this situation, but I know just from my own life and lives of others 
And even if it wasn't a fact, I still believe that God knows best. And after all, you know, we are so quick to point the finger at God. But we need to look in the mirror at the represented man and woman. It's us who makes the choice. Not, I'm not saying that the people of Ukraine or Russia chose to war, but a man chose to war. And I can't get into all of the repercussions of surrounding that. First and, for, first and foremost, I don't know it all. I don't even pretend to. All I know is that there are women and men and children who need as much help as possible. And I think of them, you know, I've read story after story of how the courage, the courageness of these folks, and I'm sure you've read it too, where they, they're singing and praising God, some of them, those who call themselves Christians anyway, and maybe even others are singing and praising God in the midst of this turmoil. I hope that I would be doing the same. Nonetheless, I want to think about them and offer this prayer. Father, I pray on behalf of all of those who are being directly affected by this war, by this invasion, that you would help them. You would help them in no matter what the outcomes might be. They know full well what they were preparing for. And Lord, this is one thing I'd like for us to think about. A nation, a mighty nation, went against what they perceived to be a less powerful nation. And yet, untrained intercessors. They're protecting their land. And Father, I know in my heart, at least I believe, let me say that, I believe in my heart that this could not have happened. That men and women who had had no training and had insufficient, quote, insufficient weaponry that their nation at this moment still stands without your intervening hand. So I hope that we will all remember that or at least think about it. Maybe we don't all agree with it, but at least think about that someone greater than them has helped to hold back the forces that have been launched upon them. We've seen stories like this in the Bible in the past. And so why would it not be happening today? Because you are real and you live. And I thank you, Father. And I thank you for all, all of the people who are in the sound of my voice, who are listening to this program, that they might at least think about it. And so I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.
Okay, and so we move on to gladness. This exuberant statement is extraordinary. You, O Lord, have made me glad. That comes from Psalm 92, verse 4. We look for gladness in people, things, and circumstances, and we are always disappointed. Even if gladness comes, it is temporary. We don't usually connect gladness and worship. Sometimes people say, I don't like the worship at that church. What does that even mean? Worship is not something we observe and critique. It is something that we personally do. In fact, it is what we were created to do. And in doing it, the psalmist found great joy. The answer to the first question of the Westminster Shorter Catechism captures this understanding of life. The question is, what is the chief end of man? Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. When Moses was in the desert with a stiff-necked congregation, this is God's description out of Exodus 33, verse 3, Moses prayed. Two of his petitions were, show me your glory, and also show me now your ways, that I may know you. The only thing that could make sense of Moses' situation was knowing God and seeing his glory. God replied, I will make all my goodness pass before you. Then God hid him in the cleft of a rock and passed by, proclaiming the goodness of his own glorious character. The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. And Moses' response? He quickly bowed his head toward the earth, and what did he do? He worshipped. The result? Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because he had been talking with God. Moses' circumstances did not change, but Moses changed. He grew in his knowledge of God's character, he worshipped, and he reflected God's glory to stiff-necked people. When I was recovering from my fall, Jean's care of me continually reflected the goodness of God to me. Shortly after I recovered, Jean was hospitalized. Yes, we felt we were getting a crash course in aging. As Jean needed constant care, not knowing whether his circumstances would change, his reflection of God's character became brighter. Even talking was exhausting, but he never failed to show kindness to our children and me, to the doctors and nurses, and to all who cared for him. He thanked us for what we did, and he always spoke of God's goodness. Whether he was giving or receiving care, 
His worship and reflection of his Savior never wavered. It grew. One especially difficult day, our son was caring for his dad. When I thanked him for his tenderness, he responded, It stretched me, but I kept thinking of all dad has done for me through the years. Ah, isn't that the way it works? As we think of the Lord's goodness to us, we become good and we become glad. Will we be stiff-necked or shining old ladies? As we spend time listening and talking to God, we slowly know him better. We know our identity as his children, and we gradually become like our father. Those who look to him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. Psalm 34, verse 5. Proverbs 16:31 tells us, Gray hair is a crown of glory. It is gained in a righteous life. Gray hair is a sign of age. The crown is the reward for righteous living. I am not one of those women with beautiful gray hair that does indeed look like a crown. But this is not about hair color, is it? It refers to the reflected glory of the one who lives face to face with Jesus, seeking to know him better each day. One of my spiritual daughters calls it the gospel glow. Our primary calling is to glorify God. All other callings are extensions of that. Our calling to be a better employer, employee, wife, mother, single mom, widow, or old lady. Our calling to serve others or to suffer is a calling to glorify God in that relationship or situation. The venue changes, but the calling remains the same. Often when a woman retires from her vocation or after her children leave the home, she feels useless because her purpose was centered on what she was doing rather than what she was becoming. Let me say that again. When a woman retires or after her children leave home, she often feels useless because her purpose was centered on what she was doing rather than what she was becoming. The calling to glorify God transcends place, time, circumstance, and age. And so, my friends, for this segment, we will leave it there and pick up next time with words on worship. <laughs> 